0: We're now entering a critical thinking zone, so thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep
1: in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins,
0: and it's time for Critical Thinking.
1: Welcome into Critical Thinking, Andrew Coppins, and if you're watching on Rumble, you already know what's up. I am flying solo on this WTF Wednesday edition of the show. Pat is a little bit under the weather. um, Nothing crazy. Just a little stomach issue. So um, we're going to give him the day off um, after a night of whatever the heck was going on. So um, send Pat your well wishes. Hopefully he gets better real soon. Hopefully he'll be back tomorrow. But on this WTF Wednesday, I promised you, Part one of a two-part talk on January 6th, the insurrection. Well, we're going to talk about some things that are going wrong with this concept. And we're also going to have the traditional WTF in the second half. You can always follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler as well. At the Coppins show. Again, you can watch the show on Rumble or listen to the podcast. The podcast and the show drop on Rumble at noon Eastern Time every single Monday through Friday. And then, of course, we are also airing on Mojo Five O Radio starting at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. So, a multitude, a variant of different ways, a variety, I shouldn't say, not variant, a variety of different ways that you can consume our content. And of course, you can always follow on our, local pay, our Locals page as well, criticalthinking.locals.com. And we've got a ton of content coming your way if you choose to want to subscribe and uh, help support the show coming in 2022. Pat is going to debut what I think is going to be a pretty hilarious segment um, that you're not going to want to miss exclusively if you are a subscriber. That's coming up in 2022. So if you want to get ahead of that, go to criticalthinking.locals.com. Again, that's criticalthinking.locals.com. Download the Locals app onto your iOS or Android device. You can always do all of those things. All right. So all that out of the way, I have a lot to get into, but it's going to start with this. Because um, the other day at Just the News, we got this headline Former DC National Guard official says that generals lied to Congress about January 6th. That's right, a former D.C. National Guard official says that generals lied to Congress about January 6th. Now, in prepping for shows and keeping up with the news and trends in the industry, it does behoove people to consume other conservative or libertarian content. And... I have a question for all of you in our viewing and listening audience. How many of you have heard any one of the talking heads in front of you talk about this subject, talking about the National Guard official saying that generals in the United States Army lied directly to Congress about January 6th? I'll wait while you think about it, because there's been absolutely zero zilch, nada coverage. And by the way, this story is now two days old. For sure, you've probably heard about all of the talk of how the insurrection happened and all that stuff. And we're going to talk about that day. And I use the term insurrection because it's only the term used by the media But on that day, we're going to talk about that tomorrow in the second part of our two-part series on January 6th. So what exactly was going on here with a former member of the D.C. National Guard accusing two Army leaders of perjuring themselves before Congress in an attempt to do what? To rewrite history of the military's response to the January 6th Capitol riot, as just the news points out. Sophie Mann, writing this article. And, okay, that's great. We can read the article all we want. But what is actually being alleged here? Well, there is a 36-page, yes, folks, 36, three, six. 36-page report that alleges a multitude, a variety of inconsistencies, outright lies, impossibilities. And so here's what we're going to do. We're not going to give you the watered down just the news, you know, thousand word or 500 word article. I'm actually going to bring you the reality of what is being alleged here because it is vitally important to understand because there are questions that we need answers to when it comes to What the hell is actually going on in regard to January 6th? What do I mean by all of that? You're about to see a group of people covering their own asses that don't really need to. And it begs the question, why? Why are they lying to Congress? Or why would this person who we're about to reveal to you lie in a 36-page report sent and submitted to Congress? What are the motivations? What is the why here? Also, we're going to ask that about the January 6th. Actions of the rioters, the insurrectionists, the Capitol Police, the FBI, all of the people involved, there's one question that is key, and it is, why? Not exactly what happened and took place. All of those things are relevant, but it is the, why did they happen the way that they happened? Why would somebody lie? Why would somebody do this? Why would somebody do that? Answering that question unlocks the key to where we stand, both politically and in terms of our media coverage. It is the question that nobody wants to answer. They want to know the details, but they don't want to go any further. I would encourage you to watch Patriot Purge, Tucker Carlson, not because I believe every single thing on this three-part documentary to be the gospel truth, but because that three-part documentary series has questions that need to be answered, and the main question being why. If January 6th was an insurrection and everything is slam dunk, why is the head of the Oath Keepers in prison today, in solitary confinement, with no charges, no clear court date insight? and it's been over six months? How is that humanly possible? Why do we have an investigative general or investigator general report from the United States Army full of these inconsistencies that we are about to talk about? So that's the framework and the idea that I want you to come into all of this with is think through the lens of why. So I bring you this. Colonel Earl Matthews, who was serving as the top attorney for Major General William Walker on January 6th, then the commanding general of the D.C. National Guard, has alleged in a 36-page report, which I just told you about a little bit ago, that the Department of Defense Investigator General, that report On January 6th is an error-riddled accounting of the day designed, again, to to protect top army and the Secretary of Defense, by the way, top army brass, who have been arguing and apparently argued against sending the D.C. National Guard in early on January 6th. So, it is important to note that Matthews, Colonel Earl Matthews, so Colonel Matthews was a high-level Pentagon official during the Trump administration and that Walker is now the House Sergeant at Arms. Those are key things to know because, again, I have brought to you this concept. Why? Why? It's important to understand the why. Could there be motivations of Colonel Matthews and of Major General Walker in so much as they have an axe to grind, or not necessarily an axe to grind, but somebody that they would like to protect, namely Donald Trump, namely Trump voters, when it comes to January 6th? I don't pretend to know the answer because I don't know Colonel Matthews. I don't know Major General Walker. I don't know these individuals. But what I do know is that it is vitally important that we understand what is being alleged, the actual allegations. So that's where we're going to go here. Colonel Matthews is absolutely adamant in this 36-page report that General Charles Flynn and Lieutenant General Walter Pyatt are, quote, absolutely and unmitigated, absolute and unmitigated liars. I'm going to say this again. Quote, absolute and unmitigated liars, unquote, for how they described things going down that day. We, we must remember that the D.C. National Guard was allegedly requested, not once, not twice, not three times, but six times, both before and during the activities and events on January 6th. All six of them were denied, and eventually a whopping 340 National Guard troops were sent in after everything went to pot, if you will went haywire, however you want to put it. Colonel Matthews calls the testimony of those officials, revisionist history, quote, worthy of the best Stalinist or North Korean propagandist. We also know, although that this was lightly reported on or talked about, that that Major General Walker has also called on the... Investigative General, so the Investigator General, to retract its January 6th report, and he is also alleging it was full of, quote, sloppy work and inaccurate. Why have these things not been reported on? What the hell is the actual truth? Again, why? Why would the IG report be full of these things? Why? Shouldn't the IG report be a report that has dug in and spoken to all parties involved and gotten an actual accounting and the truth of the matter? One would hope that that would be the case, right? But both of the individuals talked about in this report, again, we're talking about General Charles Flynn and Lieutenant General Walter Pyatt. Both of them, talked about in this report, are either already, by the way, in command or about to take command of components of the United States Army. Also, why this matters. If the allegations of Walker and Colonel Matthews, so, if they're true, if these allegations are 100% factually true, These individuals belong nowhere near a command structure, nowhere near putting our troops in potentially harm's way. So, what exactly are these specifics that are being alleged? Because they're really not well reported on, even from just the news, even other outlets Daily Wire hasn't even touched this story. The Blaze hasn't even touched this story, let alone NBC News, MSNBC, uh, CNN, Fox News. So what exactly are the specifics and why does this matter? Well, the first allegation is that the IG failed to get a full picture and it led to a narrative-driven report, quote, The DOD IG report relied heavily on close associates of Lt. Gen. Walter Pyatt and other Army staff principals, and the DOD IG failed to interview numerous District of Columbia National Guard personnel with highly relevant information. The DOD IG report eventually adopted a narrative formed and developed by Lt. Gen. Pyatt and his close associates and his fundamentally flawed as a result. What the hell is he talking about? Well, just how fundamentally flawed is the report? According to the accounting of Colonel Matthews, it can't even get the right names of people who were on or not on phone calls regarding National Guard deployment. Specifically, at question is a 2:30 p.m. local time call that is highly important to the DoD IG report, where it alleges the Secretary of the Army Ryan McCarthy was an active participant, speaking for some five minutes, including being able to hear about and acknowledge the results or the request. Excuse me, not the results. The request of both U.S. Capitol Police Chief Sund, okay, the Chief of the U.S. Capitol Police and D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser, the request to get the guard in. So the allegation here is that Secretary of the Army, Ryan McCarthy, knew about the request at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time that Mayor Bowser and the U.S. Capitol Chief of Police had both requested at this 2.30 p.m. call. The problem is, and this is the crux of that 2.30 p.m. call, the problem with that entire concept is that Mayor Bowser was never on that call to begin with, nor Was there any indication ever given that she was a silent participant in that call? So, Colonel Matthews, how in the hell could she have had anything to do with a request on this 2.30 p.m. phone call? It is a key component of the DOD IG report. How further is this a problem? Well, McCarthy was supposedly an active participant in this call. Also untrue. With the IG report saying that there were questions about getting a QRF, a quick response force up. But as Colonel Matthews points out, quote, Lieutenant General Pyatt incorrectly told the DOG IG that Secretary McCarthy directed... Uh, uh, Major General Walker, to move the QRF to the armory during the 2.30 p.m. conference call. This could not have occurred as McCarthy did not speak during the conference call, and McCarthy was with the Acting Secretary of Defense at the time in question. Why does that matter? Because the Acting Secretary of Defense should not and could not have been involved in a decision-making process with the National Guard. A further major problem with all of this, there is a large dispute over some big technical aspects of how the D.C. National Guard was eventually deployed. With the testimony of both McCarthy and acting Secretary of Defense at the time, Miller, making no sense based on the possible timeline and procedure. Let's just say this. The timeline of all of the phone calls, the timeline of all of the alleged actions don't match up to what we know to have happened on the ground. And we don't need to get into all of the, you know, minutiae of the technical details. What we do need to know and what you need to know is that Before this 2.30 p.m. phone call, the D.C. National Guard had already been put on a ready status. They were already at the armory, or have already been called back to the armory. Okay? Before 2.30. Now, the next problem. How about fabricating an entire phone call's Content. Because the uh, DOD IG report says this, quote, Mr. McCarthy left Mr. Miller's office and called M- Major General Walker at approximately 3.05 p.m. Mr. McCarthy did not want to send the D.C. National Guard to the Capitol without a plan he could present to Mr. Miller, Miller being the acting secretary of defense. Okay. Well, the problem with what the IG report says is, according to Matthew's report, quote, Major General Walker had directed the QRF move at 14.12, a.k.a. 2.12 p.m. Further, all D.C. National Guard personnel preparing to go to the Capitol were already fully kitted out with riot gear. So at 2.12 p.m., they were already at the armory and already fully kitted out, ready to rock enroll, and, and deploy. That is impossible that McCarthy didn't know this information. Therefore, there's no way in the hell that they weren't already preparing to go in and they were waiting for direction at 3.05 p.m. Those two things, the actions of readiness of the DC National Guard and waiting for a plan, cannot be congruent at the same time. Because you wouldn't spin a QRF up without already knowing that you're going to use them. It makes the 3:05 p.m. phone call a complete fabrication at least in terms of its contents. The 305 phone call may have actually happened. It likely did happen, but the contents are the question. Now, in about three pages of this 36-page report, Colonel Matthews details issues with the IG's timeline of events and conversations from that 305 alleged phone call all the way up to 5.08 p.m. when the National Guard Was officially deployed. So I want to stop there because we got a little bit of time here. But I want you to think about this. What does Colonel Matthews have to gain? What is the why behind making these allegations so far? Now, it would make his boss, the former head of the D.C. National Guard, look competent, right? It would also make the people inside the Obama administration or the acting Secretary of Defense, who was not um, fully involved, look bad, right? What the hell are you waiting for? Because we know by that point in time that there were issues that the crowd was out of control that um, whatever was going down was going down and they needed help they were being overwhelmed we already knew that so yes there are things to have gained from telling this story but again the allegation is that other people were committing perjury he wants to set the record straight if he's wrong he is now committing perjury do you see the problem All right so beyond beyond stopping and thinking about the why so far we have to talk about the events of the final 2 hours before deployment here because they are vitally important to understanding the why on the other side of this right So the why of Colonel Matthews would be um, telling the truth, but also the potential to make himself and his Trump-appointed buddy, the head of the D.C. National Guard, look competent. Okay, So those are really the two things that are at play in their why. Now, the opposite is also true. We also have the other side, right? Uh, We've got Pyatt. And uh, the other individual um, in this case, um, excuse me, um, General Flynn, Charles Flynn, not Michael Flynn, but we have them kind of looking at it from this perspective, that if they can show that they were the ones in control, that they were the ones trying to make the right decision, and that it was just a lack of planning and a mistake, not their incompetence, not whatever motivation that they might have had to slow play this at play, they continued to climb the DC ladder. So
0: we don't necessarily have a he said she said, "Even so. right, you know, it, it it is ours at the end of the day, right? Why and would we ever, ever, ever put our freedom, something that is ours, that is already ours, into the hands of five people to make that decision for us? Why? Because I want I want people to think about
1: what's at stake if you do that." Your life and your livelihood. Because here's the rub. What employer wouldn't if this would to go through, right? This OSHA requirement. If this goes through, Pat, what employer wouldn't do this? It, it, um, hear me out on this. Because unlike the Pfizer, the Moderna company, you know, unlike those companies, right? There is no legal protection. Right. For a company right now. But if this mandate goes in. And you don't put it out there, okay, right. If you don't do anything about it. Are you not open to lawsuits the other way around? Let's say somebody gets COVID and you didn't have this vaccination mandate. You're not open to lawsuit potentially. Right. So, what company in their right mind, given a rule from OSHA, doesn't enforce it?
0: The only one that I could think of that 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 wouldn't do it is any company that is completely in 100% remote. So they don't have an office to go into. Everyone works from home. Ah,
1: you would think that, right, Pat? There's no provision in the OSHA regulation for that. <laughs> there's provisions for people who do work from home within the company. But if you are a company of completely remote individuals, there's no provision that, for
0: that. That makes mm-hmm. zero sense, though. Zero. I,
1: I know that. You know that. Because... Here's the solution to that problem, right, that you and I would think of. Okay, screw you, federal government. We're, everybody's working remote. We're not going into an office. I'm not opening myself up because here's how I would get around that regulation, right? You can regulate that all you want of me. You can do that. But I am not opening my office up because even if my entire population of workers was, op- was fully vaccinated, they can still get COVID. And then am I protected from a lawsuit? No. As far as I read these regulations, absolutely not. So I am not opening my doors unless I absolutely have to to people. We work in a a, largely in a world in which unless you are dealing with physical goods and services, right, 99% don't have to work in an office. It's just the reality of how we work today. You can share files. You can edit files together. You can collaborate. You can Zoom, Microsoft team. You you can do whatever, right? But I want people to think about this. Are you willing to put your personal freedom? Because it's not just about these vaccinations. Are you willing to put your personal freedom in the hands of five individuals to do right by you? The same institution that decided Plessy versus Ferguson, the same institution that gave us um, Roe
0: versus Wade, right? That same institution, by the way, right now is having that very debate again and I made this point over the weekend. Abortion really is the debate between life and death. They're literally debating that right now. And you want to put your freedom in the hands of them? Or alternatively, do you
1: want to put your hand, the hands or freedom in your own hands and do with it what you want to do and what your community wants to do? Are you willing to stand up? What are you actually willing to do for your freedom? Because, and and this is the thing that ticks me off more than anything else when I get people, well, you're not doing anything. Bullshit. We put ourselves front and center every day using our own God-given names for the entire world to listen, to watch, to see, to hear. We put it, all on the line every single day to bring you the truth. Because at any point in time, the whims of whomever employs us, if we are not self-employed, the whims of whoever we are associated with, if we are self-employed, could be those ties could be severed at any point in time, simply because we're willing to stand up and say things, and think through things. So we're putting our freedom and our livelihoods on the line every single day that we get behind these microphones.
0: Uh, And I I just want to throw this point out there as well. If we're willing to put this decision into potentially five people in the Supreme Court, What kind of precedent are we setting as a nation? Because if you think it's going to stop here with COVID, it's not. No. It's not. Because you give them this
1: inch, right? This inch, well, it's just about protecting our fellow individuals. If you give them this inch, the federal government will take that mile. And more importantly, once you establish this precedent in the Supreme Court, there are going to be no take seas. None. And then what? When, let's say, a really dangerous situation happens, what's going to happen? Are they not going to say, well, we said that vaccinations, well, now we're going to have to have a national lockdown. Now we're going to have to do this. Now we're going to have to do that. Blah, 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 blah. Your freedom put in the hands of just five people to get it right. That's what you're betting on as you sit on your ass and do nothing about it. So, how about this? Activate in your own community. Don't just be a Twitter warrior or a Facebook warrior. We talked about this. We have to form fellowships, not just coalitions of people who, you know, might disagree on this or that. We have to form a fellowship of people who believe in the same set of principles. Find those people in your community. Don't insulate yourself, but find that common group, okay? Find them wherever they are. Stick together, and then thirdly, activate in your community. You might be the minority. You might be the ten people honking the horns in your small town, right? You might be the ten people out on the, you know, the main square, or whatever in your town. But be those ten people. Hell, depending on where you live, you might be the only one. Right, I might be the only one, but I'm willing to do that. You know, a great example for me is is starting to attend um, meetings of the Libertarian Party, starting to find out where that community exists, right? Because I've always resisted being a party individual, per se. Um, it, but how can you find people who are like-minded? You might need to attend some of these things. So find those fellowships and be unafraid of your opinion. Don't shut up in the workplace. Don't shut up to get up. Don't shut up to get along. That's got to, we have to stop that. Just like I think we, because here's the reality. What are they going to do? Fire you? Great. They might be able to find Joe Schmo off the street. Are they as good as you? Stand strong in who you are, in in your skill set, in your knowledge. And be okay enduring some pain. Be prepared. a great way to be prepared, by the way, Pat, is by going to preparewithmojo50.com. Again, you can go to preparewithmojo50.com, get yourself a three-month or a four-week food supply. They've got other things there. Again, that's preparewithmojo50.com. I I can't emphasize that enough. A great way to help you through some difficult times could be that, whether that is, you know, um, the entire electric grid goes out, right? Or... Let's say you lose your job and it somehow is an extended loss or you're looking to make some changes in your life and be less reliant on other people and more reliant on yourself for your way of life, right? Let's say all those things are happening. Great way to help you through those difficult times is by being able to have some food storage so that you can stretch your dollar so that you can supplement what you may be able to buy for food. The whole point of this is to be prepared. Prepare with mojo50.com. Again, that's preparewithmojo with mojo50.com. And while we're thinking about all of those things, Pat, I say we switch a little bit of a gear here. Um I think it's time for the B or
0: not the B. Are you ready for today's headline? Yes, I am. All righty then. Unemployment rate among Cuomo brothers rises to 100%. Unemployment rate among Cuomo brothers rises to 100%. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. While you're thinking about that, Andrew Coppins. Folks, it's Monday. And if you're like me and you're feeling feeling Monday, you you need some uh, American Pride roasters. And I'm pretty sure Andrew's got a little American Pride roasters in his coffee cup over there. This ain't Folgers. Um, and, and just out of curiosity, there, Andrew Coppins, uh, what what uh, what flavor are you drinking today?
1: Um, I'm trying to think.
0: No, I'm just kidding. It's the Burr Hamilton. Uh, yeah, it, but that is a Coppin's household favorite, is it not? It's actually just a m- me favorite because my uh, wife okay. and like flavored coffees,
1: fair enough, are hit or miss. It's really dependent on what flavoring is used and then whatever. Um, she loves, loves, loves just the normal coffees that, um, American pride roasters do,
0: do fair enough. Fair so enough. I'm, I'm trying so to go see- through
1: the uh, flavored ones so that mm-hmm. we can get to the unflavored ones for her. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. So, so folks, um, if you haven't noticed, there are lots of different blends, flavors, even coffee drops, by the way, freaking delicious, by the way, yeah. you want a over, good stocking
1: over. stuffer. Uh-huh. Get yourself some coffee. Um, Oh, the coffee drops! Seriously, it it, it there? I, I wow. Speaking of wow, by the way, Pat. Before we get into the headline, I, I gotta I gotta ask you this question. Um, are you a peanut
0: brittle fan? I haven't had peanut brittle enough to really be able to say one way or another. Okay. Do you like butterscotch? No. Fired.
1: <laughs> no. Um. Reese's came out this year with mm-hmm. a peanut brittle Reese's miniature. Cup. Oh, really? Huh. Now I'm a big Reese's egg. Like oh, the, yeah. the, the eggs for mm-hmm. um Easter. Easter. Which by mm-hmm. the way, they've been skimping on those. Like I can't find the real ones. Like I always get the miniature ones. I want the the regular Great sized ones. ones.
0: Yeah.
1: I can't find them the last couple of years. But that notwithstanding, the tree was my second favorite of all of the Reese's. I have, now oh, have a new second favorite. That. The peanut huh? Brittle.
0: Mm. Have to oh,
1: check that out. my God. That's all I got to say. Check that out. Peanuts plus peanut butter. Oh,
0: Mm-mm-mm. freaking delish. Check it out. I'm, I'm a big Reese's guy myself, so I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Get
1: yourself a bag, and then it'll be gone in, in the next 24 hours.
0: Yeah, if I get myself a bag, I'll I'll have to put it in like my secret stash. And this is like the secret stash of stuff that I have to hide from Mrs. Pat because then I have to share it.
1: Yeah, mean, you're not going to want to share this. Okay. But um, back to uh, the point at hand here. Um, <laughs>
0: Go to AmericanPrideRoasters.com, okay. by the way, and get yourself some great coffee, mm-hmm. especially on a Monday like this. And as for the headline, Pat,
1: I'm going to go with Ooh. not the be on this one. Unless you're pulling you sure? what you pulled last
0: week on Monday. Un- unemployment rate among Cuomo brothers are still 100%. You're going with not the be Yeah, because it's true. Chris Cuomo
1: was fired from his job at CNN on Saturday. So if you're pulling this, um, this is a Friday headline from the Babylon B crap. I'm gonna be really mad at you again.
0: Is this your final answer, by the way? Yeah, it's not the B. Okay. Yeah. It, it is actually the Babylon B. You pulled um, it from
1: Friday again, didn't you?
0: No, actually I pulled it from it's December 4th, so Saturday. Before he was fired. Saturday night. No, this was after he was fired.
1: So this is a true, this is actually true. These brothers are now both gainfully
0: unemployed. Yes, yes, and but unemployable. You not hear the satire in this. T- I thought I was giving you a a home run here. You can't hear the satire in this. well of course, I can hear the
1: satire in it. But let's also know the reality of the situation. That, um, that is true, and not to be it, it also is pulls the headlines. All
0: good satires rooted in some truth. I
1: you know what we're going to have to have the people from Babylon beyond here um mm-hmm. because uh I've got some um uh, bones to pick with them.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. You 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 set that up and let's bring them on and let's let's have an no, honest no, conversation hey, with hey. them. If there's about anybody it, that sure. sets up
1: anything around here it's you.
0: You are the That's booker also... of this show after all. Mm-hmm. That 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 is that is also true. But 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 uh here's the thing. I'm pretty sure Babylon, you will make a Babylon B headline for complaining about Babylon B headlines. Sweet. I can see that happening right now. Great. (laughs) You would actually wear that with a badge of honor.
1: Yeah. But we got to move on from the story. We can't get get to the story. We don't have time because we got about 10 minutes left in the show and we have a (laughs) whole lot to get to. So, Pat, um, um, one story that I don't think is getting enough coverage is what is happening to the Cathedral of Notre Dame. Oh, before we get into that, though, I do have one other um, breaking news headline for you, Pat.
0: Oh, boy. You ready? No, but go for it. Our Lord Savior
1: President Dr. Anthony Fauci is a racist. What? Yep. Dr. Anthony Fauci has been criticized for a, a remark about COVID-19 that has some deemed that some have deemed to be racist. Remember, Donald Trump used China virus or Wuhan virus, calling uh-huh. it racist, xenophobic, and all that xenophobic, however you want to blah 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 blah. One yep. of President Joe Biden's first executive orders was what? Condemning Racism and Xenophobia Against Asians The Biden administration stated in January, quote, during the coronavirus disease 2019-COVID-19 pandemic, inflammatory and xenophobic rhetoric has put Asian American and Pacific Islanders, that good old AAPI persons, families, communities, and businesses at risk. The order called for members of the federal government to not reference the origin of COVID-19. Well, this week, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the chief medical advisor to President Joe Biden, made a statement about COVID-19 that made reference to Wuhan, China. Quote, you hear me talk a lot about boosters, and the reason I do that is uh, do is that if you look at the vaccination, we were vaccinated against the original, what we call ancestral or Wuhan strain.
0: What is it uh, you like to sing again?
1: Everything is racist. Everything is racist today.
0: It's your number one hit right here on Mojo Five
1: O. Yep. Mm-hmm. 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 Right next to uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Germany.
0: <laughs> that might be your number one Christmas hit. <laughs> uh huh.
1: It's beginning to look a lot like Germany. Anyway, um, <clears throat> this was said on Neil Cavuto on Fox Business, by the way. Oh so boy. racist Fox News
0: mm-hmm.
1: allows that racist term to be used by that racist Lord Savior President Dr. Anthony Fauci. Which, by the way, we if you go to our Rumble to page, title you can now? see A Very Fauci Christmas Volume 2.
0: Yep. Should, should we add racist to his title now, then?
1: So, Lord, Savior, President, Racist, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Or should it be Lord, Savior, President, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who is a racist? Important question no, no, to think that's about that's off one. air. We'll yeah. think about it off air. But um, I, I had to bring that breaking news story to you, Pat. I really just had to do that.
0: I, I appreciate that. No problem. Now... Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> The other story that we need to talk about here is kind of sort of related to this. Have you heard what is going on with the reimagining of the uh, Cathedral of Notre Dame
0: in Paris? Uh, Isn't it becoming like some sort of like theme park or something? Not necessarily a theme park.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I guess I mean, that's if you wanted to call it a theme park, I guess you could a theme park to wokeism. I uh-huh. guess you could. Now, this church is 850 freaking years old. Right. But it is literally a cathedral to wokeism. Uh huh. That's what they're developing. So, could it be Universal Studios Woke or Woke Disneyland? Or is that just Disneyland? All I need to tell you is that um, there is a, wait for it, Discovery Trail. Uh Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. 14 different themed chapels within the cathedral, including emotional spaces. There's a chapel to social justice environmental justice. Literally, there is a church to the Great Reset. There is a church being rebuilt, not in the image of Christ, right? Because how many times do I have to talk about this, Pat? There is a difference between what the Catholic Church used to mean by the term social justice and what is now meant by social justice? Social justice within the annals of the Catholic Church used to mean what, Pat?
0: Not being a Catholic, I'm not sure I follow. But but um, what in what what do you what do you? Okay, so the term social
1: justice within the Catholic Church was doing charitable works within oh. the church. Okay, mm-hmm. so your ver- so the version of sh- social justice was doing right by other people within your Catholic faith, right? Okay, that, that makes sense. Now it's been perverted to mean the exact same thing as Black Lives Matter or Antifo would mean by social justice. Not so- not that the not that you have to do this by the church, right, or by your own good will, or your own good works. It's that government must now do those things for us, right? You have to fight for the government to represent social justice. So that you don't have to worry about doing the good works yourself. It's a perversion of what the church has always taught, is that you do get to redeem yourself. You do get to go to heaven based off of some of your good works in life. It doesn't absolve you of your sins, of course. But good works can
0: balance the scale a little bit. Two questions here. One, you're talking about all these different chapels within the Notre Dame Cathedral, right? Mm -hmm. Is there a chapel, an actual chapel for what it was meant, originally meant for, you know, like worshiping God, for example? And number two, having all of these different chapels within the Notre Dame Cathedral. Is this not breaking the commandment, uh, thou shall not worship any other god uh, other other than God himself?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a Christianity for dummies exhibit. Now, to be fair, that cathedral has in the past been, you know, the, the different, there's, di- there's always been different themes, right? But they've always been about the church. And this shouldn't be su- surprising, per se, because we've had liberation theology literally from the top down in the church. Mm. The Jesuit uh, tradition has just been riddled with liberation theology here in America and abroad. But the Pope has been steeped in this his entire life. In this concept of liberation theology. We also have a story about the, uh, the Baptist church um, where two churches, the, there's a documentary called Enemies Within, right? Mm-hmm. And it's all about how the church has been poisoned from within. And I encourage you to watch it if you can. I highly encourage you to watch it. In fact, we're going to be watching it uh, this week here in our household because that's how cool we are. But if this is an example of how poisoned the well has become, that one of the greatest standing monuments to Catholicism and arguably all of the world's great religions has has this now in it, is becoming just a a literally a monument to wokeism. If that's not an example of the demonic nature of where things are going i don't know what is and with that pat your final thoughts
0: don't get lost where you are no means no and either stand up or lose your freedom please be smart be safe be kind as always matthew 547 Uh, Yeah. Hopefully it's Cincinnati at this point. We'll talk
1: about it at that point in time. That means it is time for your final thoughts, Pat.
0: Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And go
1: Buckeyes. Please be smart. Be safe. Be kind. As always, Matthew 547. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts?